when I finished uh, London Fashion Week, I said, I texted you, didn't I? I said, I feel drunk. Kids, you probably shouldn't take alcohol from strangers. Ultimately, it's not about a hierarchy of diversity or disability. And sometimes I feel like a bit of a fraud. Like, it was just a case of always feeling undone by my self-consciousness. And I, I don't give a fuck because I know I look fantastic. And I had broken skin on my head and the wig actually stuck to my my head. Oh, damn you alopecia. Most of the general public aren't, aren't built for it. They're like, what the fuck is this? Oh, and I remember my mum used to say, there will come a time where you don't let this hold you back. I have to tell myself, like, that's not me cheating on my bald self. Should I be grateful for male attention or female attention because I'm a bald woman? I did it once. Uh, I did it once for a work thing when I was working in digital marketing and got verbally abused, which was fun. I don't think one label would ever be enough, ever. Today's guest, Laura Mathias, is a disability content creator, campaigner and blogger. It was great to sit down with Laura today, particularly to discuss the challenges when it comes to alopecia, as well as the common misconceptions that people have with this condition. I learned loads in this episode, so I really do hope you enjoy this episode. So please sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to the Not Quite Podcast. I'm Charlie Randall. Let's get ready to rewrite the rule book. Welcome back to the Not Quite Pod. Today we've got Laura with us. Laura, do you want to quickly introduce yourself, let everyone who, who know who you are, what you do, and why you are on this podcast today? Uh, you tell me. But I am Laura, uh, otherwise known as Relight Alopecia, uh, and I'm on this podcast to talk about living with a visible difference. Love it. I'm really excited about this episode. We met at London Fashion Week, and like Laura's just got an infectious energy about her and I'm just hoping that it comes through in this episode but yeah I'm really excited um so first of all how are you how's everything going I am okay I'm pretty shattered actually you know it's uh you will relate to this after London Fashion Week which was the best day ever but it was a long day wasn't it um yes I, I feel like I'm still recovering which I think people yeah. not in the chronic illness world will not really get that but yeah <laughs> I mean I'm not classed as chronically ill but oh it took me a, it took me a while like it just to felt like fair, I was I'm not sure I'm classed as chronically ill I just have an autoimmune condition which I'm sure we'll get onto. but I never know if I can put a label on me or not put a label on me all I know is I refer to myself as an ill kid and I feel bloody shattered Charlie that's all I know <laughs> Look, look, we, if that's the way you want to identify it, let's just identify that. But no, I completely agree. When I finished uh, London Fashion Week, I said, I texted you, didn't I? I said, I feel drunk. Like, I, I woke up and I was like, I feel so hungover. But I haven't had, like, I had, I think, one glass of fizz. But I think that was it. I think it I was... had four or five. <laughs> wow. I know. The worst thing was, I think I came out late because everyone wanted to see me with the crowd. I came out late. Everyone was like, I don't know, I got there and everyone was like, oh, oh, there's a little bit left. But I yeah, was like, there, there oh, okay. was a set amount. There was definitely a set amount. I thought they'd put some aside for us models, you know, as being the talent and all that. But there was yes. also a guy. I don't even know who this guy was. So, you know, kids, you probably shouldn't take alcohol from strangers. But I, there was, he just had a bottle and he was going around, like, pouring up his friend's drink. So I just kind of went on over and was like, hey. <laughs> I'll have some, thank you. 
Although I must admit, it was like as much as it was a mate, it was such good fun. It was carnage. I've never seen that many people in one space, and like obviously you had quite a few wheelchair users there, people with sticks, walking aids, also. So like, oh my god, it was like trying to get around, especially at the end of the event. It was like, oh god, okay, okay, okay. How do I get through? Okay, can someone yeah. shout for me? Yeah, it was a very, very packed room. Um, but I guess that was good because we knew people were all there for yes. the right reason. Um, but yes, like London Fashion Week, I feel like as well, it was such an amazing thing to be part of. Like it was a proper goosebumps moment of, oh, wow, like literally the most diverse catwalk you've ever seen. It was it was actually amazing. It was it was so nice. So it was so nice as well to like meet everyone. And like actually yeah, I, connect with people. I was going to say, I think the day itself, the just, you know, the 10 hours of lingering around and chatting. And I think I actually preferred that to the whole, you know, 20 seconds of going down yeah. the, the yeah. runway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although the one thing I will say, and I never thought this would happen, is I got to about three, four o'clock, and I think I just hit a wall, but it was the first time I'd felt, like, my social energy gone. Like, I'd never experienced that before, because normally I'm one of those people, I'll chat and chat and chat and bounce off people, but I was like, I got to, like, four o'clock, and I was like, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to do anything. I want to go to bed. But then, obviously, the adrenaline kicks in, the show starts up again, and then it all sort of went from there. But, yeah, I did have an hour where I was, like, going to Gina... I just, I, I really want a nap. I really want a nap. <laughs> I don't think you were the only person feeling that way. And it was very kind that you introduced me with my infectious energy, but that was very much a case of I was faking it a lot of the time as well. Fake it till you make it. You know, like I kept telling myself, like, just keep talking. Just keep pushing through it. It will be fine. Because like, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those people, I'm... if I stop and sit down, then then I'll stop, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was actually me. I think I went. Uh, I think I'd sat down for like five minutes and was like, "Oh, okay, I'm I'm more tired than I thought I was." Oh dear. Yeah, that was That's a not mistake. good. <laughs> yep. I, full disclosure: like, if you're in that situation, just keep going. You'll be fine. Yeah. Just keep going. Power through. But um, yeah. Anyway, so tell us a bit more about your condition, how it affects you, um, of what a day to day. Uh, day-to-day looks like for you and the challenges that you come up against? Okay, so I have alopecia universalis, which basically means I don't have any hair on my body, no brows, no lashes. Um, and so for many people that might just be seen as seen as a kind of aesthetic issue, like, oh, it's just hair. But obviously, Uh, alopecia is an autoimmune not obviously lots of people might not know this because I think after the Oscars incident last year when Will Smith slapped uh, Chris Rock for making the joke about alopecia that brought the term into lots of people's lives Um, and so people know alopecia oh god (laughs) alopecia no one can see that but maybe they can see that um yeah, this is you're gonna you do it with footage, don't you? Sorry, I've just realised that anything I do, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's, it adds to the comedic effect. Don't worry. So for anybody who's not watching, Laura just hit her own face with her hoodie. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So the Oscars was obviously a big moment in terms of alopecia awareness, but I still think there needs to be a lot spoken about because mm-hmm. it's not just hair loss. Um, 
for me is the kind of impact of the fact that when I was 13 years old, I started losing my hair. And as a 13 year old girl, especially having to deal with that change in my yeah. appearance, not looking air quotes normal anymore, changed the way my life went. And it really did. It changed the way people responded to me. It still to this day changes how society deals with me. And that's just for looking different, you know? So yeah. I found myself in a situation now where I'm really trying to celebrate and embrace my differences. And I'm meeting lots of different people with lots of different conditions. But ultimately, it's not about a hierarchy of diversity or disability in the sense that it's just finding people that relate to each other and can say yeah my my issue is yeah. not my condition it's how society yeah. treats me yeah it's that uh it's social it's the social model versus medical model isn't it exactly so you know sometimes i feel like a bit of a fraud like taking part in the catwalk because i'm like well i don't technically have accessibility needs so should i be here and it's like well i have been made to feel like i can't i've never gone to makeup stores you know like you know when yeah. girls would used to love to go as teenagers and get their makeup done in Debenhams or whatever um god I'm showing my age Debenhams doesn't even exist anymore but um obviously for me I was wearing a wig not wanting to talk about it and so I yeah. that was my worst nightmare like having someone look up close at my face and seeing that I'd terribly drawn my eyebrows on and I didn't have lashes and it was just a case of always feeling undone by my self-consciousness and I was just yeah. all the time thinking about the fact that I was wearing a wig and it was just a lot of energy worrying about how different I looked and then even when I was trying to disguise it with wigs and makeup worrying that people would notice so yeah I'd say literally two decades of my life just spent worrying about the fact that I was a bald person rather than just living my life it's it's really interesting because I, I I say it on several occasions. Obviously, our situations are very different. But I've spoken to several guests, and I always say it's always it's interesting to see their perspective in terms of when they got to a point where they accepted their condition and the impact that that had. And obviously, like whenever I say that, I always want to say to people, "Look, I'm saying that, but that isn't me saying." Oh, Laura's accepted her condition; she never has a problem ever again. She's absolutely fine. What I'm saying is, she's pretty much there ninety percent of the time. 10% of the time she's like oh this is shit I really don't like it I'm really not happy about it but yeah. it's really interesting to watch that journey because as I say that that bit before you get to any level of acceptance is so hard because you constantly blaming other people blaming society blaming yourself blaming this blaming that you're just basically looking for something to latch onto, and it's, mm. it's a really interesting thing to to speak on speaking to several different guests and all saying oh no I had that like I had that bit of like oh I don't know where I fit in this weird and wonderful world and I don't know yeah, what to do next and that thing, I don't know if you've had that feeling or your other guests have of I used to fantasize about what would I have been or what could I have been if that hadn't have happened to me when I was 13 if I'd have continued yeah. being like everyone else and all my friends and all my peers where would I be now? Would I be a sports star? Would I be a Hollywood actress? You know, like you just, all yeah. of a sudden it's like everything is tied up with the fact that I don't have hair. And I'm like, oh, if only, if only, if only. And I think for me, the biggest shift was stopping and thinking, no, enough. Like 
yeah you know it, it's more than hair in the sense that it did completely shape who I am and, and gave me a lot of issues and also there is the the health implication of having an autoimmune condition like alopecia it basically means uh my hair follicles have been attacked by my immune system like they're like the flu or something but mm. I also have eczema and asthma very severely which are both autoimmune so the combination of dealing with very sore eczema especially when wearing a wig every day there yeah. were there were practical issues of being a wig wearer like I know it's gross, but I always talk about how my first ever trip to America, and I think I had my wig on for like 48 hours because of the flights and everything, and I just refused to be seen without it or take it off. Um, and I had broken skin on my head, and the wig actually stuck to my my head, Ooh, and I had to pull it off and rip open the cuts. Like, that's what I would put myself through rather than just not wear a wig. Whereas now I'm yeah. like, I cannot believe I put myself in that much physical discomfort for other people's social comfort, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting because I, if, uh, obviously when I met you, I did meet you with a wig and like I did, so I was going to ask what, what's your experience been of wearing a wig and, and, and what has that been like? So, like I said, I was 13 when I started losing my hair um and it was just patches at that point but it spread pretty quickly like it's alopecia areata is how it starts with little circle patches and then they kind of start joining up um mm. and I stopped going to school for six months because I couldn't disguise it anymore and I didn't want to go to yeah. school because I was scared of what the kids would say um so yeah when I finally decided after two terms of year nine that it was time to go back in year 10 I went back wearing beanies and you know head coverings and stuff but I lasted about a week because teachers kept asking me to take my hat off even though they were meant to be briefed on my difference and like what I needed to feel okay there were just so many different scenarios where every day I was having to self-advocate and explain why yeah. I was wearing this hat or whatever it was so in the end I called my mum and said um after a school trip and I'd been asked to remove my hat yet again in front of other kids and I felt I couldn't say no and so I said I think it's time I get a wig now um and she was like oh I've been waiting for you to ask and I thought hang on a second I didn't know that I don't I don't know I've not done yeah. this before I've never bimbled I didn't realize that I was meant to ask for a wig but we've talked about it since and she explained she was so scared to be the one to suggest it was time for me to get a wig because you know I my hair looked so pathetic yeah, yeah um and yeah so from the age of 14 I shaved what was remaining of my hair which was pretty freaking traumatic um I bet. and then put a wig on and then literally wore a wig until the pandemic and never talked about it or would be seen without it Wow, that's that's really that's that's um like what a story. And then I, I just, I'm just dumbfounded because I'm like I know where you're at now, and I'm like whoa, that yeah. You've met me coming in, you know, yeah. grabbing the microphone off the Kurt Geiger social media person and being yeah. like, I'll do all your interviews. And yeah, <laughs> I was like when you always find out, like whoa, that is a journey and a half. Fucking hell, wow, <laughs> wow. Okay, um. Yeah, that is that's really that's that's amazing. 
I mean, that just shows as well the progress, like the progress you you've made is 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 amazing, and that's what I love. Is I love hearing those stories of yes, I went through this phase that was really shitty, and yes, I'm still working on myself and still getting there, but look where I am now, and I think it's always nice. Like I'll do situations like this, and someone will go, oh wow, like you got all the way here, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I have. Like I didn't even think about it. Um, because for you, it's your norm. You've you've travelled yeah. that journey, and for you, it's been very gradual. Whereas someone like me coming into the situation, I'm like, whoa, that's that's a big jump. That is a big well, jump. Yeah, I think it's because I was kind of, I thought in my head that I'm never going to be one of those people that feels happy about the fact I have alopecia. You know, this isn't, I'm going to have to accept that my hair's not coming back now. And maybe I even got to that point after like five years, I stopped hoping. But I've got to be honest, those first, all through my teenage years, I had elements of regrowth and then falling out. And alopecia is really cruel in the sense that you think it's coming back and then I would lose an eyebrow and then it would grow back and then I'd lose my lashes. And to this day, I still go through phases where I have lashes for four months and then they suddenly fall out again one morning. It's really cruel because you you acclimatize to to dealing with certain levels but like losing the hair on your face not only is it really frustrating because it's hard to disguise you know in terms of looking different but you know your eyelashes and your brows and your nose hair they're they're on our face to do something they keep dust out of your eye like you know yeah so i'm old streamy face over here on a windy day like terrified holding onto my wig with one hand (laughs) eyes and nose streaming on the other it's just yeah, there were so many things I was just like, oh, damn you, alopecia. Um, and I thought, well, my goal is never going to be to be bald in public. That's not my goal. And I remember my mum used to say, there will come a time where you don't let this hold you back. And I was like, don't tell me how to deal with my alopecia, mum. You know, like proper stroppy teenager yeah, moment. Yeah. But yeah. she was right. I think what she meant about it is not about the fact that I have proven to anyone that now, because I can be bald in public, that I'm okay with it. It's about the fact that I wasn't doing that before because I was actually terrified to. And I just kept telling myself, that's not what I want to do. But it wasn't. It's because I physically felt like I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's getting comfortable. I'd imagine it's like getting comfortable in your own skin and getting to that stage of like, do you know what? I'm happy with this now, so I'm now happy to not even share it with the world. Just fuck it and do what I want to do. Like, yeah, and that's that's the place where, where you want to be. I mean, forgive. I'm just curious. Forgive me if it's too personal, but also I can imagine going through school and that that journey, dating and things like that, and that whole journey must have been quite difficult and challenging. I would imagine. Yeah, it was fucking horrible. It still is. <laughs> Mm, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it'll be easier now because I'm very out there on social media in the sense yeah. that if someone wants to stalk me, they'll pretty much soon realize, oh, she's bald, you know, whereas yeah, before yeah, yeah. it was a big secret and I would go into relationships holding this big secret and like have to, I would wait, you know, I'd flirt with them, we'd do dates, whatever. I remember like one of my boyfriends being like, oh, I really love your hair. And me just being like, oh, cringe, 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 but not saying anything. I just couldn't bring myself to. Um, That's how terrified I was because I thought it would be a deal breaker. And actually, I I had nightmares about boyfriends like seeing me without my hair or having to tell them. And 
now I'm just like, I'm never going to put myself through that again. I mean, easier said than done because I'm yeah. very much single at the moment. Very well, it's quite recent again, but I am ready to be single. Um, but I think now I'm just like, well, at least, yeah, I might meet someone when I'd be wearing a wig, although I can't imagine that right now because I go out a lot not wearing a wig. But mm. I, when I do wear a wig, I tend to just talk about my alopecia non-stop anyway. So like, it wouldn't be the same kind of secret. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it was exhausting. And I know that relationships, when you have a visible difference, is a big challenge for lots of people that I've spoken to. Um, yeah. So I think letting go of that kind of shame and, and that energy of keeping that secret was probably the best part of this journey of confidence. Yeah, because it then it means that you can be well. I'd imagine it, for me, it was like you could be your authentic self. It's that whole doing like everyone asks me, I don't know why, but everyone, every wheelchair user or person with a similar condition to me goes to me. Do you put your disability in your dating bio? And I'm like, oh, so that's like one of the trickiest questions to answer because. On the one hand, it might, if you leave it out, it might get your foot in the door and then you can like bring it in later and then they're not bothered by it. And then you've introduced them to disability, which they wouldn't have before. Or, but then on the other hand, I sit and go, why should you hide yourself? You should just be you. And if you just happen to be in a wheelchair or have a visible difference, it's, yeah, then all the, ta all the cards are on the table. It is so tricky and I'm fascinated by it, especially using dating apps, which I did for like two weeks. And then I was like, this is awful. I want to get off of here. I'd rather be single. Thank you. I'm not saying I'll never go back on them, but I, it's just I'm not in the space at the moment where I, I, I'm just not fussed. Like I've, I'm pretty yeah. busy, you know, I'm, I'm doing podcasts. I've got stuff to do with my evenings. Um, yep. <laughs> but it's interesting because with my visible difference, I can put a wig on and makeup on and disguise it with your disability. You can choose to uh, have your wheelchair in a photo or not, you know, so yeah. it's yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? How and I've spoken to people before. Um, who basically said they would try, they would specifically choose photos to present themselves as non-disabled. That was something that gave yeah. them confidence. And it's really interesting. Like, it I is, still think, like, I'm oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I think, like, when I put a wig on sometimes, I think, oh, I look really pretty there. Uh, God forbid that I could be a girl that would actually say that about myself, because it's really rebellious to actually just like how you look. God forbid. <laughs> um, but... I have to tell myself, like, that's not me cheating on my bald self. Like, it's okay yeah, yeah, to put yeah. a wig on and be like, oh, well, I like that. I think that looks good. It doesn't mean I'm saying that's a better version of me, but it's really yeah. hard to undo, like, generations that, of society yeah. telling women that being long, luscious haired is you know, more the attractive. Way forward. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I'm going to ask a really naive question and forgive me if it is like something that you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, Charlie, I thought you were better than this. Um, but do you have different colors? Like, do you have different colors? I just was was intrigued because everyone asked me, do you yeah. have different colored wheelchairs? And I'm like, I would love to. However, I don't have that much the money. cost. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the same thing, really. People always joke about, oh, well, when you're bald, at least you don't have to pay for the hairdressers. It's like, do you know how much wigs are? I used to mm. save up every two years to buy a three and a half grand wig because I wanted to have Jeez. a human hair wig. Like, That's because crazy. that for me was what I needed to feel like I needed the most yep. realistic wig. And looking back, it wasn't even realistic, you know? 
Um, yeah. But yeah, now I definitely have more fun because I've discovered the joy of synthetic wigs. So basically like plastic, but yeah, actually yeah. they come pre-styled, pre-coloured and yeah, you, I've, you know, I've got all the colours yeah. of the rainbow. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, that is, that, that is pretty cool. Like as much as it's a pain in the ass to have to deal with that, it, it, that is pretty cool to just be like, do you know what, I fancy this today. Yeah, it's it's weird. I just need to, I'm so, like, I haven't worn a wig yet in my new workplace because now it's like I've set the bar and I went in with headwear. I've gone in bald a couple of times. Um, I can't imagine wearing a wig now because I think that would almost confuse people. <laughs> I don't like, or they wouldn't recognise me or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd be intrigued. I'd like, like, if you do eventually do it, I'd love to know the reaction because I... I think if I saw, because I only know you without a wig, and I think if I saw you with a wig, it'd throw me completely. I'd be like, yeah. oh, wait. That is, yeah, that is Laura. Well, and I don't know how I feel about the fact that sometimes people say, like, wearing different wigs is like, it brings out a different side of your character. And I get that, because, like, if, say, you've got all your makeup done, you're wearing a bright yeah. red, like, I've got, like, a 1940s-style one that I've done a photo in. Like, obviously, that exudes glamour. But then yeah. it's like, but it, I know it's still me underneath it all. Like, it's always yeah, still yeah. me. But, like, when I did the Trini Takeover show, Trini Woodhull was very much, like, it's, like, two different versions of you. And I didn't know how I felt about that. Because, like, I just, I always want to be me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think as well... I, I think it's a whole thing you bring it's like putting on it I'd imagine it's like putting on an outfit that you're really proud of like those outfits that you're like oh this hits but then it also just gives you that like upper level of confidence that you're like I don't give a fuck because I know I look fantastic uh-huh yeah well that's the thing I've got a super posh wedding to go to this summer I've no idea what I'm gonna wear yet but I'm pretty sure that I'll probably depending on how hot it is want to wear a wig to complete my outfit like to, yeah. to look but yeah. maybe my goal might be if I get too hot, rather than like in the years gone by when I've been sweating my ass off on the dance floor under a wig, terrified it's going to slip off. Now, maybe I'll be at a point where I can choose to whip it off and just freak everyone out. On the, on I'd the love that. Floor. I would <laughs> love to see it. Oh, especially like if someone doesn't know, like doesn't yeah. know, I just want to watch the sheer shock. Just about, wait, what? Wait, what just happened? Okay. Maybe if I do it, I'll get my friend ready to like capture the the audience reaction. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think it, uh, I just think it'd be such a yeah. It would just be interesting because so, it, it's that whole thing of like people don't see it. People don't see it often. Like I can't think of time that I've seen that many people with alopecia. So like when you people aren't exposed to something, it shocks them. Like even like mm. to me with someone like me from the disability space. Like I think it's. The, the, the difference is when you're looking, having the whole staring at someone because they've got a disability. I feel like when you've got a condition yourself, there's that whole thing of, oh, I haven't seen this before. But there's that kind of mutual, I'm not looking to be a weirdo. I'm just curious to see mm. what, what's going on here. And then there's that, that awkward smile to be like, no, I'm part, like, I, I am part of the community and I, I get that I'm being that guy right now, but I don't mean anything by it. <laughs> It is really tricky, isn't it? Because I think staring is rude when it's like hostile staring. You know the difference between yeah. a stare and a look. And I think, yeah, it's 
when there's malice in it like rather than just like genuine like I want to learn more about your experience um but it's tricky because even in like I can spot a mile off if someone's wearing a wig of course I can because like you say I'm aware that a young woman or man might be wearing a wig so I'm just kind of like I'm just ready for it um but I've noticed before like I was at a friend's wedding and a woman I didn't know quite a young woman was definitely wearing a wig but obviously I didn't want to point it out to her because even though I wanted to have a moment of that little secret nod or a little uh, cap of the wig, you know, eight, eight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, I didn't know what position she was at in her journey. Would she yeah. feel okay with that or would she feel mortified that I'd noticed she was wearing a wig? So I chose not to and I'm really glad I did because then actually when I was speaking to our mutual friend later, she was like, oh yeah, no, she doesn't talk about it. She's really not comfortable with it. And it broke my heart, but I thought it's not the right time at a wedding when she's enjoying yeah. herself for me to be like, hey, do you want to talk about your alopecia? <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard because well, I've, I've had it before. You've met, I've met someone in a wheelchair that's quite like nervous, quite shy, and you really want to go up to them and go, dude, like, it's going to be okay. Like, well, don't worry, look at me. I could do, you could do this. But then you also don't, like, I say, is that finding that time to do it? It's all, I love having those moments where you're almost able to mentor someone through the journey to help them speed up their journey a little mm. bit and get, get them through the shitty bit. But it's timing that, that is, is a, is a, is a skill. They have to be own. ready. They have to be ready, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So, but social media, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, we talked about those nearly two decades of me literally not wanting to talk about my alopecia, never being seen, you know, so I'm sitting here right now bald and my blind is up and it's dark outside. So my all my neighbours can look in and look at me bald right now. Literally, yeah. probably a year ago, I would still be uncomfortable with that. And I hadn't even thought about it ahead of chatting with you today. Like, That's... it's those things yeah. that when I stop and think, I'm like, Okay, that that for me is the true sign that my confidence is progressing and that I really am embracing my visible difference, you know? Um yeah. but social media has been the the thing that's really sped up my journey in the last two years and connecting with a community online hundred percent. Yeah, seeing people like you in similar situations, like there's almost that relatability. Like, even even meeting people like yourself who've got completely different conditions, like there is almost like a level of understanding even though we don't understand like we yeah. don't understand that, that personal that personal journey that you've been through but we understand that having any sort of visible difference any change different to the social norm is a pain in the ass it's a pain in the ass and most of the general public aren't aren't built for it they're like what mm. the fuck is this <laughs> How do we, how do we respond to you? Like, oh yeah, the, so I don't know. Do you find it's sympathy is one that I get a lot. Yeah, both because yeah. at first for me, when you're a bald woman, they'll assume that you're going through, they, they assume I'm ill. Lots of people assume I'm ill. Um, and so I get sympathy for that. But then even once I say to them, oh no, I, I'm not going through chemotherapy. I, I have alopecia. I have done since I was 13 years old. It literally means I don't have hair, but I'm perfectly happy and healthy. Not always entirely accurate, because like I said, actually quite a few uh, autoimmune comorbidities yeah, going yeah, on. But can't yeah, we ask yeah. to get into that with a stranger? Um, yep. But then sometimes they're still like, oh, yes, alopecia. Oh, oh, and like tilt yeah. their head on the side. And I'm like, come on, I've just told you I'm happy and healthy. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Like people are like, oh, what happened to you? And I'm like, um, 
I stopped breathing at four weeks old, and then this happened. Um, but then also, like, for me, it's the weirdest one is relationships. Like, obviously, you met my partner, Gina, and, like, Austin with her. PA. Yeah, my PA in several aspects of the word. Um, oh. <laughs> She won't mind me saying that. Oh, clearly, clearly, Laura's not been exposed to my very dark and weird sense of humour. Well, and clearly, I have a filthy mind. What's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> don't worry. That was where I intended on that going. Good. Don't worry. Okay. Well, poor um, Gina, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, like, Gina will often get it that, like, she's like, oh, people come up to her and go, oh, like, well done, well done, you, and thank you for like taking on the poor disabled boy, and it's like. <laughs> wait what wait what what i'm not doing i'm not doing like lifelong service must look wow. after disabled people like and, well, and i know strange. you said before and i spoke to you a bit about it on the catwalk day but like people always assume that gina is your carer or like paid support rather than in a yeah. relationship with you yeah. and it is just baffling but to be honest that ableism is internalized sometimes as well I don't know about you but I have felt at times like I need to settle or am I am I should I be grateful for male attention or female attention because I'm a bald woman like should I just yeah. take what I can get yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's hard and it's, it's like that yeah because it's almost like you like you don't you don't know when that day is next gonna come and you're like, oh, wait, is this... And also, you don't know if they're, like, if it's just... What I hate is there's, like, when I was dating, it was like, like is, it a, is it a sympathy thing? Like, you want to stroke my ego to make me feel a little bit better? Or or, or is this an actual thing? Or I, it's, a, it's a very confusing time to, like, be dealing with it. Because you're like, is this normal? Are you being nice? Like, you actively being nice, like a normal person? Or you being, oh, poor disabled person, I'll make him feel a little bit better by telling him he's dressed really nicely today. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird one. It's fucked up that we have all these extra layers of insecurities to think about. And it's not even through choice necessarily. It's because things like the dating apps, obviously a split second decisions and I don't know like I feel like a hypocrite because sometimes I'm like but you have to question yourself like we all go for things that oh yeah it's I don't know where I'm going with this and just it, no, it's like, weird. It really... it's weird. yeah it's really weird it's like I always used to joke with my mates when we were in school because they'd all be like oh like you could like treat yourself to a one I stand and I'm like oh my god that would be so complicated could you imagine? I need to like almost give the girl a manual to be like, here's what I can do, here's what I can't do, this is me. I it's just it just didn't work. But then that's the worst yeah. thing. It's like for me, I almost need I always joked and said I almost need to train the person before I date the person. And I hated that. Because I was like, that's a wrong way to do it. We should be getting to know each other at the same time. But then I've kind of uh, fast tracked that to make sure that they're comfortable with my condition and that isn't mm. going to be a barrier for them but yeah it's a really really weird situation to be in yeah could talk about that all day charlie but we won't but <laughs> it, it, it is it's such a weird one but actually coming to a point you mentioned earlier about like labels how so you identify as um person with a visible difference um how do you feel about the whole disabled community when it comes to different labels and obviously there's a lot 
particularly from my point of view, I often worry that because we're getting so into the labels and what we call each other, oftentimes that can put off the wider community and educate themselves about the condition because they're almost scared of getting it wrong, which I can, can understand to a certain extent because if you've got an individual that is not as comfortable discussing their condition and going through that education process with someone because we don't all have to be educators. But then I always feel like the label thing is a bit of a weird one. So I was intrigued to get your perspective to see what where you stand. I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. That was a, a, a long question, but I completely Sorry. get why. Because it is a it is a minefield. So in some senses, I think labels are really powerful because it's something that helps build a sense of community. So I refer to the hair loss community or the visible difference community. And I should say the label of visible difference is actually a term that's relatively new to me, but something that I found really empowering to actually explain and connect with other people that it's not just hair loss, but someone with a birthmark or um, burns or, you know, any kind of visible difference. Yeah. And it's 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 actually allowed me to broaden my community beyond hair loss using that term. But I totally see where you're coming from. How often if you don't fit neatly in a labeled box, society don't know what to do with you. But also sometimes yeah. you can feel you slip through the net. So, for instance, you know, the disability expo is coming up and I've had a few friends because I'm friends with lots of people within the disabled community asking me, are you going to be attending? And I was like, oh, oh, well, I don't know. I don't think I should, should I? It's not for me. And it was only when I started chatting and they were like, of course it's for you. Of course you can come. Why wouldn't you yeah. come? Like, you know, everyone that's going, it's a chance for us just to have a fun weekend. Like, you know, you're an ally or, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, and also yeah. um, I'm neurodivergent. I was diagnosed in October. So technically that's a disability, you know? So yeah, if yeah. you get too bogged down into what you are and what you are, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, are my needs being met by society? No, not always. Yeah. Ha have these conditions impacted my ability to live the life I want? Yes, they have. Yes, they have greatly. Are there things mm. that I can do to make that better? Yes, there are. Um, but are there things society could be doing to make my life easier? A hundred percent. You know, so I, I completely get where you're coming from. I don't personally refer to myself as disabled. And I think... I would be worried that I would offend people or people would just be like, get the hell out, love, if I was doing that. But then I know other people that have ADHD that do consider themselves disabled mm. and would use that label. So it's tricky because also we don't ever neatly fit into one box. You know, we're all intersectional no. with all these different conditions we have and personality types or, you know, protective characteristics, visible differences like we're all just such a weird mix of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think one label would ever be enough, ever. No, it's it's really hard. And it's like almost, do we have, like, it's almost that whole thing of like feeling disabled enough. It's like the one thing mm. I hate is like, I've been stuck in situations before with other disabled people and they're like, oh, but I have I have spasms. I have this, I have that. I'm like, why are we disability jousting? No, guess what? It all sucks. They're like, why are we sitting there going, oh, I've got this. I do this. So? Well, also, there might be a person that presents somehow by some weird, twisted 
fuck of fate that they have the exact same, exact same, which you could never prove, you know, um, presenting in the exact same way their condition, but their mindset and their personality could be so different that they Mm. manage it or deal with it in a completely different way. So I don't, it's too simplistic, isn't it? To be like, well, we have the same experience because you don't have the same experience, whatever it is. It's like, it's like often with physical disabilities, like you've got someone like me who's, I've been disabled since I was like four weeks old. So I don't know any difference. People come up to me mm. all the time. Like, what's it like to be in a wheelchair? I'm like, mm, what's it like to walk? I, I, yeah. I really don't. Um, but then you've got someone like someone that's been in an accident and because of their accident has meant that they are now a wheelchair user. Their journey is very different and a lot. Yeah. I'd, argue, I'd almost argue a lot more traumatic. Because yes, like for me, you... for me, I woke up and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is it. Like, okay, I'm in a wheelchair. I, I don't know any different. This is how I put my shoes on. This is how I do daily tasks. Whereas someone's got to completely rewire the way they live their life. And mm. it's such a different journey. And I think it must be the trauma, I reckon, really comes with seeing the change again in how society Mm. responds and how suddenly you either become invisible or a problem. Um, And I'm sorry if that's putting massive words into, but as in even being, even losing my hair and seeing how I was treated in the healthcare system as something like, oh, well, we don't know how to fix this. So you know, like jog on, (laughs) kind of like, and it and it must be really difficult because like I say I think about the level of confidence I had before I looked different um and yeah and it's the same whether it's visible difference or disability the fact that any of us so all these people that go around thinking oh well I don't have those issues that's not something I understand or have to deal with I don't know anyone in my life that has a disability or has a visible difference so all these you know people whining on it's like barely anyone it's like well there's one in five people that have a visible difference Mm -hmm. um I don't know what the statistic is you could probably educate me here Charlie on uh I actually I'm actually not 100% sure I think it's about one in four but that's the thing And then if you think about it as well, like one in two of us are now going to get cancer in our lifetime, which will then have long term implications potentially. Mm -hmm. So none of us are going to go through life with a perfect bill of health. And not that that makes us better than anyone else anyway. But I think people are just inherently selfish. And until they have to deal with something, they just put it out of their mind's eye and they just don't think about it. And I get that to an extent. But it's like, but at the end of the day, if you're refusing to do simple things that could then help so many people those one in five people or whatever to live their life to their best when this is completely out of their control the fact that i'm a bald woman is out of my control the fact Mm. that you stopped breathing at four weeks old was out of your control you know like why should you be punished for the rest of your life (laughs) i mean it's exactly like we've had a i've had a guest pointing out and i was like oh my god that is so true like people she's always she said People are a lot more likely to end up like us than they are us like them. Because like yeah. you could develop a disease, develop a, uh, get hit by a car, this, that, the other, which would all lead to you being some form of disabled, visibly different. Whereas it's unlikely that one of us is going to get some eureka moment and be like, oh, wow, all of my problems are gone. I am now an able-bodied human being. It's, mm-hmm. it's not so like and also i always joke and say at least if when i get old i'm gonna be 
pro at this shit because I've been a wheelchair user since I was like four. Whereas Deidre getting into a wheelchair for the first time in eight years. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah, it, it is, is really interesting to think about how as a increasingly aging population as well, so much type of disability and being disabled by society is going to happen. I think the interesting interesting thing with that is I'm tackling it with a family member at the moment of as we touched on earlier it's very different to someone who has become less able or has become ill uh, later in life for them to accept it and I find it really hard so like my uh, she won't mind me saying my my nan at the moment's having mobility issues perfectly fine but trying to persuade her to get into a wheelchair is like flipping oh it's just like I just can't, I can't get through to it. And I, I hate it because it's like, you've had a grandson for 24 years who's a wheelchair user. Come on, you can do this. Yeah. And it's, it is, but like I say, it's that whole thing of, oh, we're getting older and older and having more and more health complications. And the more, I think as well, the more we can raise awareness for the support and the things out there for the community, the more it's less daunting. Because I'm like, if I, if, if, for example, I'm mid-40s and something happens, but then I'm like, oh, actually, there is a whole community online that I can reach out to to be like, this has happened. What the fuck do I do next? Yeah. And I've got to admit, as someone, um, you know, who goes out a fair bit, even in, like, our capital city of London, and seeing how much, like, planning has to go in to just getting about the city that for me has been one of the biggest eye-openers of making me think well no wonder somebody with mobility issues might not want to embrace the freedom a wheelchair would give her like your nan because actually it doesn't feel like freedom when you look at how difficult things are all these cars parked up on the pavement like block like it just blows my mind. Yeah. And I'm sorry, because yeah. obviously I'm preaching to somebody who has no. experienced this every day. You no, don't get a it, day off. And I'm just it's, like, oh my God. It's it's a hard one, because I think I've obviously, there's been so many things that have come out recently that have helped us and made our lives easier. Like, for example, I've worked quite a lot with the passenger assistance app for booking train support and stuff like that. That has been game changing, because it means I don't have to deal with someone on the other end of the phone. I can literally press a button. Um, mm-hmm. And and so there are steps in the right direction. It's obviously as well. I've got to the point now where I've been I've been like this as I grown up like this. So I know what to do and how to tackle those different situations. But yeah, it is. It's a lot to take in. You almost need, and that's why I do love what I do with social media. I love to be able to go look. You're new to this, but let me give you a crash course because it took me years to get here and I don't want it to take you years. And that's why I love yeah. doing it on doing stuff on social media. Cause it's like, Oh wait, no, this support does exist. You just, it's just not well publicized. And that's exactly. the biggest issue. I think, uh, and to come to your point of like, I don't. So originally when I left school way back when, Oh my God, that is like six years ago. Wow. Okay. That's quite scary. Um, Charlie, if you, yeah, make a joke about being old to me, who is 32 in three weeks time. I swear to God. I I wasn't going to make a joke of being old. What I was going to say was, uh, I came out fresh out of school wanting to be a digital marketer. I was well keen and like, as everyone, everyone else at my age wanted to be. But the problem was everyone going to be, go work in London. That's where the big money is. That's where the big marketing firms are. Try getting to London. 
mm, that's a challenge. And also the fear of dealing with trains every day and them yeah. running correctly. Especially in commute up. time. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I, yeah. I did it once. Uh, I did it once for a work thing when I was working in digital marketing and got verbally abused, which was fun. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a whole thing. I was what, I was amazed. Yeah, basically, I don't even know how they their thought process worked with this, but they were having a go because the guy was getting the ramp out for me, saying, "Why did I get special treatment?" And I was like, "Uh, it's not really special treatment. It's just getting me off the train." Um, wow. But yeah, so yeah, you have to wonder yeah. how. Yeah, anyway, I can't even, that's their, like, well, I'd say that's their problem, but it's not, because then you have to deal with their stream of awful consciousness, yeah. Mm, it was just, you know, you just sit there thinking, what we, what is going through? Yeah, I mean, it didn't help at the time that I, I wasn't in the best headspace that I am now, so obviously it had more of an impact back then mm. than it would have now, because I would probably would have just People laughed. People don't know, people don't yeah. know what you're dealing with, people don't know how your day is going, like... I always say, you know, one day I can go out bald and be like, it's going to be fine, whatever. I'm going to not even think about it. I'm just doing my thing. And then another day I could just be having a really rotten confidence day like every person can have. And then mm. one comment or one weird look or one question or one assumption could literally make me want to go home and just be like, no, I can't. You know, yeah. so people's people really do have a big impact. And it's not us being a snowflake generation because we're not even part of the same generation, Charlie, because I'm old and haggard. <laughs> 10 years this year since I graduated university, um, which is mental. Although they have actually just invited me back to go to one of their graduation ceremonies. Ooh, check you out. Which is awesome. I know. Um, and hilarious. But yeah, whatever. Clearly they think I'm inspirational. Oh, inspiration porn, but we. The worst thing is, I, I, I'm very conflicted with that whole thing because I still sit there go, like, yeah, inspiration porn sucks because like we're not doing anything special. But then also, if I could use it, I'm gonna fucking use it. Like, why not? Yeah, and also, I, I know what you're saying. It's like, well, so I studied film and literature. I'm not working in that industry, so surely they should invite. Which I'm sure they have lots of people working in that industry, but actually. What we are doing is special in the sense that it's not about the fact that you have a disability. It's not about the fact that I don't have any hair. It's the fact that we're prepared to put ourselves out there. And like, so the campaigning I'm doing with charities at the moment, I literally went to four different events in the space of three days last weekend. And then I wonder why I got a sickness bug, uh, you know, and was not well this whole week. It's because we're putting ourselves out there. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's that whole, I mean, I always say, like, people underestimate how much social media and being that, ha having that presence can take up. I think it is, like, I think it's really interesting as well for people like yourself and me in holding down, quote unquote, normal jobs and doing this on the side. It's like, uh -huh. whoa, okay, actually, you guys spend ages doing stuff, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. And then my team, my team at work are like, why are you so tired? And I'm like, don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't don't even go there. Every evening we're doing a podcast or we're speaking to someone or we're on a Zoom meeting. So like whenever I try and tell my friends, they're like, oh, do you want to go to the cinema tonight? I'm like, oh, I can't. I've got a Zoom meeting at 7.30. They're like, what do you mean a Zoom meeting? Are we still in the pandemic? Who are you Zooming? And I'm like, <laughs> people. <laughs> yep. I'm making moves. That's what I'm doing. I'm making moves. <laughs> I'm raising that alopecia awareness. What are you doing watching yeah. terrible films at this point? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm doing something. <laughs> it is. It is it's, it's, I can't remember how we got onto this. How did we get onto this? Um, but yeah, it's it's that whole thing as well of just putting yourself out there and doing something different. And I think as well, it's nice to see people appreciate what you do. Like I, and that sounds really bad, but I love it when I get a message from like a parent or whatever going, oh my God, like I'm so glad I found your page. Like I've just had a kid with cerebral palsy. I thought his life was going to be really challenging. And yes, it is going to be challenging, mm. but at least I'm able to go, oh, but he can still do all the shit that I do. You've just got to be able to support him through the struggles that I went through. And I was very lucky when I grew up, it was a very much a case of, yeah, Charlie's got cerebral palsy, but we're not going to treat him any different. So then that rubbed off on me in terms of, I still travel, still go here, go there, work, do this, do that. that and, and, and that's what I love. I love those little moments of, oh, you've actually helped me. And yeah, that and it's not, it, that's not bad. I don't think that means you're not doing it for the recognition. You're doing it because you want to make a difference and you want to mm. know that I, I'm i assuming all these things because it's basically the reason that I started chronicling everything on Instagram because selfishly, it was for me to set myself challenges so I could embrace my alopecia more, say yes to going to a theme park. And the only way I was going to do that was be like, right, everybody, I'm putting it on my Instagram, therefore I have to do it. I can't chicken out because it's going to happen. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, when a parent messages saying, I don't know what to do. My little girl is losing her hair. Um, I don't know whether to, you know, and I have, I have lots of these messages and it's it's a dual thing because it feels like a lot of responsibility because once you yeah. start putting yourself out there I think people assume that you have the answers sometimes and obviously I'm speaking on behalf of my own experience I can't I'm not a medical yeah. professional obviously but also I can't tell you how your daughter's going to react when you bring up the conversation of a wig with her because I I don't know and she might yeah. feel very differently about it but of course it feels positive to know when you embracing who you are sets a good example because I, I don't know about you but I didn't have that when I was growing up I no. couldn't see anyone in the media that was no. living with alopecia because Gail Porter lost her hair the year after me um, and she went on to be really important for me but the the way that her story was covered in the news and like when Britney Spears shaved her head and stuff like it was really negative and horrible so it still wasn't positive representation for me. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And it's, it's for me as well, it's that whole thing of just seeing someone in a wheelchair living a normal life in terms of yeah. going on going on holiday, going out with friends, trying trying the whole dating scene, doing working and doing I didn't know what what was awaiting me. And like I'm so glad that now I am able to go to someone, look Getting a job as a, with someone with a disability is really challenging. Um, but here is some of the advice that I've picked up along the way to try and speed up your process. And that's that's what I love to be able to give back because that is like going through those challenges means that I'm able to help someone else. But so for me, it's just that whole thing of being that person to say, look, just because you've got a disability doesn't mean your life's over. You can do all this shit. You just got to do it a different way. Yeah, I love that. And I, that's that's why I love what I do. But um, coming on to, I'm going to hit you with the last question because I'm very conscious that um, you've got another meeting to get to. So I don't want to 
drag on too Gotta much. Gotta do that but, hustle, yeah, you know? Yeah, you know, <laughs> she's a hard, hard lady, hard lady to get a hold of. Like, oh, yeah, literally. <laughs> Yeah, if only all these things were paid. Unfortunately, they're out of the goodness of my oh, heart a lot of the time. No. But no, I'm I'm teasing because actually it's really positive for me. I this is really yeah. I love having conversations like this. No worries. Honestly, I get the same thing. I do sit there and go. The amount of work we put in is like when you sit there and go. This is all out of the goodness of my own heart. On yeah. the one hand, I'm a really good. I, I I love it, and I I wouldn't change anything for the world. And like I don't have to be paid for it. But it was always nice if if it is paid for. Yeah. So yeah. if anyone wants to sponsor the podcast, email me and we'll sort something out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the one question I ask every guest at the end of every episode is what's one piece of politically correctness that you really strongly agree with or disagree with? It doesn't have to be disability or difference related. It can be something completely random. Um, it's just something that you feel really passionate about. See, it's tricky though, because you say political correctness, which makes me think like I meant to have an unpopular, is it an unpopular opinion? But basically, yeah, basically, yeah, basically. Okay, well, an unpopular opinion, Love Island is a piece of crap and I'm never going to watch it and have never watched it, soz. Completely agree. I, I'm right there with you. I completely agree. I, I don't get the hype. I don't get the fun. It just, it just makes my brain hurt. No, like, and don't I get just... me wrong. Like, I watch some absolute trash reality TV, but yep. that is just one that I can't, I don't know. It just, it's next level for me. Yeah. I just can't. Um, but I, mean, I don't judge I'm people at... for doing that. I just, I find it really annoying when there's something that's really in vogue. I mean, it's fascinating. Like, you know, when something is such a media moment or part of popular culture that, mm. like, you can't. The thing that bugs me is when you can't have a conversation with someone once this thing happens. So I used to have it with Game of Thrones. I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. I know it's meant to be amazing. I know I love it. But I can't commit to however many hours of my life now. I just can't. And I'm not yeah. saying I never will. I'm open-minded. But I used to find with my friends, if GOT even got mentioned, that would be the conversation for me done. I would just be sitting in the corner while they all went off and started talking about dragons. And I would just be like, I don't understand how you're so obsessed yeah. with this thing. <laughs> yeah no I, I completely get it is that whole thing like i'll listen to god like the worst thing is like for example my my uh sister and gina watch love island while they're working they'll have it on the background but then they sit there moaning about it i'm like just turn it off just you don't have to watch it it's fine like no one's no one's got a gun to your head you can just boop turn it off like I just don't get it or like put something else on I just mm. and also like I, I think as well people that are that obsessive with shows in terms of this is all we're going to talk about you guys are boring really boring yeah like what is that quote when they say um what is it like something like this sounds really harsh but like unintelligent people talk about other people yeah like insightful yeah. people talk about ideas like yeah it's like that whole thing of you're the sum of the five people you spent the most time with but it still terrifies mm. me to this day because i do sit there and yeah. go my group of friends are bloody crazy so god knows what's going to happen to me but yeah it is that whole thing of like let's talk i love getting down to the nitty-gritty like i love getting into a conversation where time literally disappears because like 
we're literally down, we're down a rabbit hole now and we're just staying here. Yeah. Well, that would definitely be one of my things as well. The political correctness of having to do small talk. I can't abide small talk and I really struggle yeah. with it. I would much rather you ask me like a big question as your opening question if I've just met you than like, oh, you know, what what do you do yeah. for a living? Do you like the colour blue? Do you have a cat? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. What other small... I can't even do small talk. I don't even know like... <laughs> Yeah, but that's why I love this podcast. It's like it's like speed dating with your friends. It's like right, let's let's <laughs> yeah. just dive let's just dive into it and see see what we we relate on and what we don't. Like with me, it's yeah. always funny because it's always very like I don't know why I've said this on a lot of podcasts. It's always so how do you how do you have sex in the bedroom? And I'm like, why is this the place that your brain goes to? Like I don't understand. I really because don't. Like, people want to ask things like that all the time to each other, <laughs> like people are weird we want to know like the nitty-gritty stuff and yep. I guess yeah in a space like this it's like you've you've basically said no holds barred like you know you can ask what you yeah. want but I do find it weird that people think when they're asking you about your health that they think they can ask you about your sex life I do like because you wouldn't do that to someone else so I yeah. always find that quite strange yeah I mean, it's weird because like, obviously I've done content surrounding my love life and every every, every bit in between. But um, I, it's more like when you're in a pub and like you've met Joe Bloggs for the first time. Yeah. You're just sitting there quietly having your drinks, chatting to some Someone's like, so what happened to you? And then the third question is, so like, how does it work with you two? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Seriously, we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. This is how it works. And it's like, it's like a whole thing of like, I don't mind it because I'm very open. I'm very open. I'll chat about anything. And I, I believe the more I can educate people, the better. But then also I'm like, buy me a drink first and get to know me a little bit before <laughs> you're like, right. Um, before I uh, share my sordid sex life with you, buy me yeah. a drink. <laughs> yeah, but... Buy me a drink, loosen me up a little bit before you start throwing in the hole. Yeah, so how does this work? Oh God, yeah, no, it's bizarre. Oh, um, the other one that's my favourite is the whole. So wow, wow, you're out with friends, you're having fun. And I'm like, uh, I yes. was until you just said that to me, you y bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're not werewolves. We shouldn't be locked away. But I do. I completely agree. We should do. On that note, on that note, though, like obviously, I've just moaned about getting down to the nitty gritty and going for the big questions. But I do completely agree. I'm so done with like. So it's like big one with foot, like with blokes. It's like, oh, did you see the Chelsea game the other day? And I'm like, as much as I am a Chelsea fan, and I do like talking about football. I'm like, why do we always? Like, the strength of it is, yes, I saw the score. It was a good game. Great, let's move on. <laughs> but it's clearly like a shorthand, isn't it? Like football chat, yeah. is a shorthand. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is. But yeah, no, I completely agree. But yes, I always give my guests a chance to plug themselves, let people know what they're working on, what they're doing, where people can find them, and just the sort of general tell us what you're up to uh, to finish off with the podcast. Um, I don't know what I'm up to at the moment. I feel very busy, but I couldn't really tell you what. I feel like I'm doing lots of chats like this. And then I don't know how quick your turnaround is, but like I've just had one that came out today, but I recorded it like two months ago because it's quite a big one. Um, yeah, I'm suddenly noticing a lot of activity on my Instagram, which is at Relight awesome. Alopecia. Plug, 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 plug. Um, 
yeah, I just, I'm trying to talk a lot about media representation at the moment. That's like my real focus. So I had a meeting last week uh, in a room full of BBC commissioners, actually, which was terrifying, um, but really, really positive. And that was part of my campaigning work with Changing Faces and just trying to get visible difference onto the agenda in terms of how they're thinking about when they're ticking boxes because let's be honest a lot of the time it feels like it is a tick box exercise you need to make sure you're capturing different things like how many people with a visible difference are you representing and if they're not measuring it how can we know so Mm. that's been a real big focus and yeah just lots of things like that I'm going to at the moment yeah that sounds amazing I'm definitely going to ask how you got yourself in the room after the episode but anyway yeah it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you and I feel like I could chat to you for hours so if you're more than happy to I'd love to have you on for an episode too but yeah thank you so much for being an amazing guest and just being an open book so thank you so much thank you Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Not Quite Podcast. Please make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram to get regular updates about the podcast.